plight is I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body of the SK system. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. It must be annihilated. Send Rick and Daddy on war rocket Ajax. In 2013, Ming the Merciless, ruler of the known universe, declares the Earth to immediate termination. To accomplish this awesome decree, Rick and Danny are dispatched to the planet on War Rocket Ajax. The two encountered something they never thought they'd find, though. Movies. Stalled in their given task, Rick and Denny comb the movies of the Earth, sending reports of their greatness back to Mongo in what is now called the Hail Ming Power Hour. Welcome, 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 Hail Ming Power Hour listeners. Uh, we have a treat for you today, as usual. We always have a treat. It's always a treat. It's just, you know, a new treat. And uh, in this case, it's episode 101. And so we're going to do 101 Dalmatians. We're going to do both <laughs> the animated and the live action. We're going to talk about dogs that we've had in the past. We're going to talk about pets in general. No, I'm not going to do any of that because I don't no. love those movies. You know what I love? Superman. Yeah. To a certain extent, sure. Yeah. That, that's fair. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't love Superman in all his iterations. I'm not a super fan. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, we are going to talk about Superman who through Superman Uno Dos Tres Cuatro. <laughs> We're going to talk about Superman 2 through 4 with Christopher Reeve because there's a lot to talk about. Right. So when I approached this idea, I said – Hey, Danny, how about we shake things up and get back to the old original kind of format of Helming and do two movies? I said, how about Superman 2 and 3? And he said, only if we can do four. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, at, at the time, I thought it'll just be kind of it'll be kind of like covering Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You know, we're going to talk about the the lemon in the room. But uh, I don't know. Man, there's a lot to talk about on it. <laughs> hey, you know. We'll wait till we get there. I'm not sure if it was a good idea or a bad idea. It's a great idea. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> all right. So with all that said, you heard us kick it a while ago. Superman 2. And from, from 1980, one of my fondest movie-going memories was standing in line in Union City to go see Superman 2, and the line was all the way across the parking lot. And this is back when the theater was only like two theaters, right? It was just a twin cinema. And uh, a guy that played in the, in the band with my dad was coming out. He went to the first showing. We went to the second. And he was like, oh, it's better than the first one, right? And, uh, yeah, you know, at the time, I thought so too. 
till I watch it a bunch of times, I go, you know, there's some great things about two. Is it better than one? I don't know. To me personally, no. But who doesn't want to see Superman fight bad guys? Like legit bad That's guys true. on his level. So, you know, and what bad guys they are. Right. From Krypton. I mean, do we want to go ahead and start talking about what we think about this movie? We can give it a setup. I, I agree. I did not go see it in the theater, although your your story reminds me of when I went to see Empire and yeah. it was, uh, you know, you know, different. But um, our, our ages are a little different. I was going to see Empire in the theater. It was wrapped around the, the corner. And actually, the the father, who we didn't know at the time, uh, was coming out of the theater and and he said to the entire group outside, he said, I can't believe that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. <laughs> now, we, we didn't know the guy at the time, but that's that's uh, how they be. And then we're, so we're over here in Nashville. I think it was like Cinema North. But, yeah, I mean, I I can only imagine you know, having somebody at you, you know, coming out of uh, Superman 2, how that would how that would feel when you went in and watch it. I mean, it's good. But like you said, it's not better. It has some better elements. I, I looked into these movies and how they were filmed and directed and, and produced, and it explains a lot on the inconsistency part. I mean, there were a lot of people saying, if we spend less money, we'll make more money. And then people saying, hey, what if we you know, get this guy instead of that guy? And there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that made this a really tro- problematic franchise. Sure, sure. Yeah, because you had both one and two being shot at the same time by Richard Donner. Uh, right. Had a huge chunk of part two already done when the first one came out and got fired. And we pick yeah. up Richard Lester, which Richard Lester brings more of a comedic kind of feel to things. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And it kind of hurts it, kind of cheatens it. A little bit. Not that there wasn't humor in the first movie, but this is a little more. Well, part two, you can get away with it. Part three is what it's very apparent. <laughs> right. That it's yeah. about the comedy aspect, right? So, well, it's yeah. like they 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 sacrificed a lot of the the heart of Superman for just cheap laughs. True, true. But anywho, let's get into Superman two. Yeah. We're going back old format with the reasons to watch. So, Danny, yep. What's your number one reason to watch Superman two? All right. So my first reason to watch Superman two. Is that Krypton looks pretty cool? Well, yeah. I mean, it's got all the like bright white crystals and and formations. It's got the the giant projected old dude heads, you know, telling you <laughs> what to do. And and then they set oh. up the uh, the three you know criminals from Krypton in like the the shortest heist ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get the crystal, snap it. You're const- you're pen- uh, instantly in jail. <laughs> that, that was it's so bizarre, but I guess you know the whole thing was like you said it was already filmed before right. they started this, so they just didn't see a need to do a lead in. They were just going to give you a little backstory about the three criminals from Krypton. Right, and also if you notice there, they took uh, uh, Marlon Brando's voice out of it too, so all the overdub. Is not him because they would have to pay some unreasonable amount just to use his audio in the new movie. So this is the movie where they start cutting back. <laughs> yeah. I always, I also thought it was really odd 
you know, like in the first movie, how it was like all the the judges were these spectral heads and then Marlon Brando was just sitting there at a desk. Hey, well, hey, you, you've been known to disagree with all the floating heads on the on the wall. <laughs> so so, you know, disagree. And he's like, ah, whatever, man, I'm leaving. <laughs> well, of course, it's because of, you know, these are hard edge criminals of Krypton. So it's it's a little different. You know, he gives them the rundown, which let's face it, as far as my first reason, I've got the showdown on here, which is kind of the whole idea of the movie, right? The main reason you're watching is, is to see Superman fight these three criminals yeah. from Krypton. But yeah, number one reason is non Ursa and Zod. I mean, you don't have this movie without the bad guys. And oh, like I, I said, if you're not threatened by the bad guys in whatever movie you're watching, then the movie is pointless. And come on, man. Zod. Zod is just awesome, man. Terrence Stamp is Zod. It's just that simple. And you know, I'm not, I'm not going to know what Nan's name is, but I know Terrence Stamp and I know Sarah Douglas. Right. And they're they're both they're such great bad guys in everything. I mean, right. yeah, I, I agree. I mean, they're they're definitely their reason to watch the movie. I mean, I was just kind of, and the whole Krypton setup is cool. Like everything sure. about Krypton is alien and it's interesting, like and real real bright. And and you have to remember. You know, this is before the age of videotape, so 78 was the last movie. So in order to understand where you are, to get you caught up, you have to do this quick kind of review or preview of the scenes from the first movie that make sense of why it's leading into this. So it's a great setup, man. Yeah, and, and as far as that goes, I mean, it's not my next reason, but I, I did point out, like, it got the recap credits. For a right. while they were showing the, the uh, you know, the Salkine's name a couple of times and everybody else they uh they point out you know by the way this is what happened last time you know right. here's here's him flying around and here's him saving the world and Absolutely. it's a it's I, and you make a good point you know it's been a few years and you know people haven't watched the movie since it was in the theater probably yeah yeah so you're just like you know if you or by chance you didn't see the first movie and you don't know where these bad guys came from there you go uh, was All right, your, so what's your first reason? Oh, wait, no, you well, gave it already. <laughs> yeah, Zod, Ursa, and Zod. My next reason, you know, I, I slip, I skip right past the, the Eiffel Tower thing. I mean, yeah, it's there, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, it's, I guess it's kind of a, a harrowing thing. They, they have to keep coming up with these earthbound things for, for Superman to do, and they always kind of fall flat. Um, my my next reason is the the moon and the criminals and John Ratzenberger. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> what a great scene, man. Yeah, I've got that. It's number five on my list. <laughs> yeah, the, the hydrogen bomb explodes in space. You know, after the French terrorists do the their thing, and then uh, and it and it blows up the uh, the Phantom Zone. Right. And they just happen to be floating through the galaxy close to Earth. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple of things. (laughs) As soon as they break free, instead of dying out in space where there's no air or anything, they just fly to the moon. (laughs) Because, you know, they can do that. That's right. That's right. And I have uh, have on pretty good authority that this moon setup is the same moon setup they used for an an undisclosed picture 
that uh, I, I think uh, Stanley Kubrick did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Elming. Uh, so my next one, uh, my number two is the restaurant wraparound. You know, you get Superman who gives up everything because of love, which is always stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he doesn't even regret it for that long before he's heading back. Yeah. I mean, it's like he sleeps with her one night and, uh, they go to get some food and he's like, yep, that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I mean, it's, you know, so there's they go to this little restaurant and, you know, it's a little little side diner or whatever it is. And there's a guy in there and he's, you know, kind of a rough and tumble truck driver kind of guy gets in a confrontation and he, you know, takes Clark Kent and just mops the floor with him. Right. And uh, at the same time, uh, that's when he sees the stuff on the, the television. Right. Which I'm going to talk about that a little later on, too, man. That, that that broadcast that's on the TV in the restaurant is one of my favorite things in this entire movie. <laughs> I, is it like a where is Superman? Is that is that kind of thing? Well, it's it's the thing where the president's saying, I, I, I give all power to Zod. And he's like, Superman, where are you? And then oh, all yeah. of a sudden Zod gets the mic. He's like, where is this Superman? It's just like a wrestling. It's like promo. wrestling. Yeah. It's like, just like a wrestling promo. Come on, Superman. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm getting a little confused. I've, I've got a lot of notes because it had been a while since I watched it. <laughs> but none of them are really like, you know, God, you got to see this part. Oh, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's the, 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 the wraparound, because at the end of the movie, he goes back and, and uh, you know, gets revenge on this guy that beat him up when he didn't have his powers. Not saying that that's a good thing, folks. I'm not saying that when when the truck driver kicks your butt, you know, it's not always smart to go back and get revenge, right? Sometimes you got to let, let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah, but, I mean, nobody liked that guy. No, you're supposed to hate him, right? I, I mean, yeah, and even the people at the restaurant are like, oh, come on, Charlie, you leave him alone. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I just got this. I just got everything repaired in this shop. <laughs> hey, hey, you just get behind your monkey cage and make your steak. It's just a minute steak. <laughs> All right, what you got next? All right, next I've got the ridiculous honeymoon suite, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so you know. Uh, as we're talking about, the movie's all over the place, and 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 there's a uh, you know Clark and 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 Lois are taking a. Uh, I guess they've been tasked with sniffing out these uh, traps for for new married couples and how they are taken advantage of in <laughs> Niagara Falls. And they're in this ridiculous honeymoon suite with like a, a big roaring fire and a, and a polar bear rug and and lava lamps for columns and the vibrating bed. <laughs> I, actually, it's kind of nice. Lois. It's, it's just so stupid. I mean. Well, the whole concept is, and if we never stop and go, wait a minute, you just sent one of your reporters to Paris, France, <laughs> to cover a bombing of the Alpha Tower, but her next assignment is go to Niagara Falls and see if you can figure out why people are getting ripped off. <laughs> That's quite a bit of difference in, in uh, abilities there. Well, and I got to point out, too, in this whole thing, you know, they're at Niagara Falls. Yeah. I, 
and 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 Lois fig- figures it out. She's like, "No, nah, Clark is Superman." And so she's like, you know, I'm just going to jump in in the Niagara Falls. I'm this sure that he that he is and he can come save me. And man, he is he's really willing to let her drown. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. like, uh, um, <laughs> of course, five minutes later, he's he's telling her anyway. Right. Right. Yeah, I do have the reveal on my list. Right. When he accidentally drops his glasses into into the fire. So the, the bumbling idiot thing kind of. Kind of ruined it for him there for a minute. So, but yeah, so that's a yeah, man. The the whole the whole hotel thing is hilarious. Oh, it's it. I mean, and and like we talked about, the other the the new director is really a fan of this comedy. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. guess he must have had it written in. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, my next reason is <laughs> it's an odd one, but. There's a picture of Bill Cosby in the chief's office <laughs> hanging on the wall like where the president would be. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. No reason why. It's just a good headshot of Bill Cosby. <laughs> From like Reading Rainbow or something? I mean. Uh, reading Rainbow? <laughs> not Reading Rainbow. Uh, he, he used to. He used to do the other one with the marker that had the B on the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. What was that called? Uh, um, I don't remember, but it was something like, yeah, I, you're definitely right. It's yeah. not reading Rainbow. I just, I, I. That's good. Yeah, but you're right. He did have another show like that. And he would like connect the dots with a uh-huh. little like marker that made the little rainbow. There you go. I guarantee you there's 15 people yelling at us right now saying, it's this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, picture of Bill Cosby. See if you can find it in this movie, right? I didn't notice it. I'm glad you pointed it out. I'm going to have to yeah, go find man. it now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's in there. Uh, all right, <laughs> what you got next? All right, my next my next reason to watch it, it, it's, it, it covers a whole gamut. It's rednecks versus Kryptonians. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, they land in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, first thing, you know, the guy sees Zod walk across water like he's Jesus. And he like throws out his coffee, like, oh, what's in this stuff? Oh, you know, and then, um, then what, you know, a, a rattlesnake that isn't a rattlesnake, you know, slithers right. up on, on Ursa's boot and she picks it up and it bites her. And, but then, you know, like, like the, the, the podunk sheriff and his deputy and all that stuff, they just. So you remember when, uh, uh Andy Blockley, did his uh, yeah. sheriff invitation? Same guy, same sheriff. I, I was wondering when I saw him, he looked familiar, but you know that was such a stereotypical sheriff. I wasn't sure if it was the same guy or yeah. if I was just saying it's the same character. Same guy. Matter of fact, I reached out to Andy and said, hey, been thinking about you, man, because we're covering this movie and I know that's your hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that whole run up and then, then, of course, they come into a diner and, you know, the, the guy's up there. Two guys are arm wrestling, you know, and this is before Canon took over y'all. I mean, like, (laughs) so it was like a precursor to over the top by somebody who didn't even make over the top. And, um, you know, Ursa sits down and she's like, yeah, I'll arm wrestle you, buddy. I think you broke my arm. All the, all the things you would expect to happen. Right. Totally happen in that run, that showdown. Yeah. Just in the middle of nowhere too. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, they're they're, like they say, you know, they, they just land on the planet. They didn't know where they were. I mean, the planet Houston, <laughs> Earth. It's Earth. 
but yeah, I mean that that whole scene, right? I mean the 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 army coming in, the blowing the things up, the you know the flamethrower, the blowing the kiss, all that stuff's just it's awesome. It's just good stuff. Yeah, definitely. I got next on my list is the escape of Luther, uh, when, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. is you know it's not it's not great, but I've always loved it. I've always loved. I hate that we don't have Otis, though. I hate that we leave him behind. But, uh, you know, the sneaking out, the spotlight on the head, and Otis giving him the, the bunny ears, and he freaks out. Ah! <laughs> you know? <laughs> and yeah, you kid, can tell at this point, Gene Hackman's just really... Yeah, yeah. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. And he continues to not care. Yep. Yeah, it just gets worse as the movies go on. Uh but yeah, I mean, I, I just love the, the the hot air balloon thing and Otis trying to climb the ladder and it's pulling the hot air balloon down. So, he, so Lex just kicks the ladder off. <laughs> and yeah. they just float away. North Tessbacher, north, Miss Tessbacher, north. Uh, yeah, yeah it's just, that is a, you know, the hologram, you know. And yeah. Lights out, Luthor. <laughs> oh, you mean the little black box, Luthor. <laughs> yeah. I want my Liberace records back. <laughs> he asked that guy that when they're doing the laundry. I want my Liberace records back. He goes, it's got a scratch on it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I really, I really think that the the problem I had, kind of, kind of putting together a solid list, might also be because there, so much of this film footage was earlier, so it's just interspersed, right. kind of. Yeah. Yeah, you can, oddly. To me, you can tell. <laughs> What stuff Donner shot and what stuff the other guy shot, Richard Lester. I mean, it, it's just it's it's very obvious. Also, and I hate to downplay this movie because I, I do I love this movie, but after, if you watch the first one and the second one back to back, you're gonna even hear the quality difference because they didn't get John Williams to do the score on the second one either. Right, and it's a cheaper sounding version of the superman thing you're like wow that sounds really thin it's missing that that you know that broad sound that he always gets so yeah even down to the score in order to not pay john williams and use his music again they just re-recorded it and used a cheaper version so it 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 hurts the movie with those kind of things but uh, it makes up for it with with the action that you get but there's a lot of shortcuts, like even even the the Eiffel Tower scene when Superman's like flying it up and going to bust it out of the top and take it into space. You can obviously tell they just took a dummy and just strapped it to the bottom of it, and just had the elevator go up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's, it's that doesn't look terrible, though. It don't I mean, look it, terrible, but there's no motion to him whatsoever. So you can tell it's obviously a dummy. So um, but it works, I, you know. Yeah, and I was I was uh, seeing that that one of the reasons why Lester it was also speed they were they were making the movie faster because you know time right. is money right and one of the things that Donner liked to do was was move the camera for yep. the shot yep and one of the things that Lester does instead is he he sets up multiple cameras so he can get all the shots he wants and edit yep and you know again it's another thing that you notice even if you don't realize that's what you're looking at right. Well, Becky brought up something, too, when we were watching it. She's like, the movie changed because there's a lot of people talking over each other. So I said, yeah, that's I think that's a Richard Lester, too. I, I don't know if he was an Altman fan, but 
he's the one that kind of started that in filmmaking, which was a big deal around this time period. So I don't know if he was pulling some, you know, some Altman style of filming at this point, but it is. It, it's a little congested with people talking over each other a lot in scenes. So I don't know. It's just something she pointed out, and I thought, wow, she she picked up on that. So, but well, you you know what you see, and you know the, again, that's why it makes it a better or worse movie. It does. It might be imperceptible, but you know something's wrong. Right. So what you got next? I think that was me with Red X versus Kryptonians, wasn't it? Oh. Well, I did uh, the Escape from Yeah, you did. You did. Okay, so my my, <laughs> my 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 next reason, and oh my god, you guys, if you just even just don't even want to watch the whole movie, I I just you gotta go see the Mount Zodmore <laughs> part <laughs> where the three of them they fly past Mount Rushmore. And they used the laser vision to like instantly etch their faces over the presidents. And then there was the fourth president. So they just like I love how instant it is, too, man. <laughs> it's not like they sit there and carve it out by you. You know, you think of how they use their eyes for other things in the movie, but they just fly over. It's just a quick flyby. It's, boom, there it is. It's changed. <laughs> yeah, they they use a lot of, uh, you know. A lot of hand waving as far as what Superman's powers are in in these movies, but in this case, I don't mind it as much. I can see them right. using their eyes to like instantly like engrave something. Okay, that's all right. I mean, like, not like him undoing damage with a blue ray out of his eyes instead of a red ray out of his eyes. It's like, c- come on, man. I mean, well, the thing is though, there's the problems, right? Where you got. Uh, you know, they can fly by, they can just do a flyby of Mount Rushmore and just instantly change it with the lasers. But look how long it takes Zod to try to melt that gas tank that's on that diesel truck, right? Right. So it's like, but you have to have that, right? Because you got to have Superman do the reaction. But that goes on forever. <laughs> just burning that, you know, it's like, uh, why is it taking so long? <laughs> yeah, you have a good point. I mean, they just have a wide latitude with what they're willing to let. Yeah. Maybe it, was, maybe it was made out of lead. Who knows? Hey, there you go. <laughs> I think that's a thing. Sure. Sure it is. Uh, Wait, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. You go ahead. What's your next reason to watch uh, this, this gem? Uh, I'm kind of at, at, at the wrap-up of my list. I did have the yeah. TV broadcast. I had the reveal, you know, where he drops his glasses in the fire, and then all of a sudden it's like – yeah, I really want to get it on with you, so I need to go get in this box because if I'm Superman and we get it on, I don't know there'll be much of you left. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess that that's the reason, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've got losing power, right? The whole scene where Superman gets in the gym and he loses his power so he can have his, you know, night with Lois or whatever. And how about all that weird special effects where his like skeletal structures melting and <laughs> you're seeing the muscles in his face and all that weird stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty cool. I it, mean it is. It's obviously overlays of some kind, but I remember seeing that first time just going, What in the heck is this? You know, you're kinda getting the the melting faces from Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of effect going on here. Right. All right, because it's some kind of – I mean, I don't guess it's practical, but it's definitely some kind of a a film trick. Yeah. So the only problem with it is when they do the reverse later on, 
and Lex Luthor has him get into the box with Zod and everybody there, none of that happens. You know, he's just sitting there making faces like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, it, it, they just didn't have time for it at that point, I guess. Yeah. Anywho, that don't matter. But that's, yeah, losing powers was my, was my next one. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've talked about this back when we used to work together, but but a reason to watch this is the the assault on Washington, D.C. Absolutely. I mean, the three of them drop down. You know, they've got big styrofoam columns they're tearing out and, <laughs> and picking up people's guns and breaking them like they're in big trouble in little China, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah! Just smashing the submachine gun and a, a missile comes at him. I think that happens in the little small town. The missile yeah. comes at him and catches it catches in the it. air. Yeah. It's just cool because... I mean that the the way that effect is done is they have somebody shooting the missile, then they have the actor supposedly catch it, just snatch it, you know, in camera. <laughs> but it's totally believable, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, that's great. And all these little practical effects made these three villains just so dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And then I mean, you got I, that whole assault, man. I, I, matter of fact, on, on the last one for mine is the Oval Office scene, right? So yeah. it's all all this part tied in together here. And E.G. Marshall is the president. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just great. And and also the thing of, you know, when the president kneels down, he's like, you're not the president. No one would give up their power that easy, you know. Right. So pretty cool God's little twist. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, man, that whole scene where they're just coming in there and just ripping the place apart is just awesome. Uh, but, yeah, uh, again, just overall, the showdown, right? You're, you, you know, the fight in Metropolis – and then he leaves to protect the people, and <laughs> I love when he leaves. Oh no, they think they killed Superman. Remember the townspeople? They, they crushes him with the with the bus or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, they killed Superman! Oh Let's yeah, go get him!" <laughs> and you know, I I I zeroed in on that. I was like, I guess it didn't bother me as much as a kid. Because it was like, yeah, well, you know, they're, they're trying to stand up against these villains, and the villains are just like, whatever, because you have to have Superman come save you, right? But I, on the rewatch, I was kind of comparing it to Spider-Man 2, where he uses all of his powers to stop the yep. the, the subway train or yeah. the uh, that rail train. train uh, I guess yeah. it's an L train from going off the, the bridge. Right. And then the people hoist him across the top. Hoist it, off, they, yeah. they save him, right? right. And, because even though they can't fight Dr. Octopus, they're still empowered. Right. Because, you know, it's more of a story of humanity and it's less of a story about, hey, let's just venerate Superman. I don't think it's bad. I just, you know, having that in retrospect, I was like, that's cool. Yeah. It's a cool change. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, you made you made these people fighting mad. You took away their hero. Yeah. So their reaction is like, oh, we'll just take care of this for ourselves, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's empowering, even though, you yeah. know, n- neither one of them results in them beating the villain, you no. know, which I guess is what I, I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've got a whole lot of things that I just put out as notes as far as like, you know, Zod quotes. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, oh, God, that's Zod. That's Zod. <laughs> and, and I wanted to say for anybody out there just, you know, looking around, there's still a, a general Zod.net out there. It's like a blog spot. It's got like pictures of General Zod and it has like these memoirs of General Zod on Easter. And he's like, why would we venerate this bunny rabbit? And he like has this this tirade. <laughs> and he used to have little flash animations where it would say Zod's 
thoughts on St. Patrick's Day. And he would say, kneel before Zod. And it would like have a shamrock exploding. <laughs> but they don't play anymore. But the website's still there. So generalzod.net. Uh, Go there and just look at it. It's funny. I have got a General Zod t-shirt. So, yeah, you do. Yeah. So that's that's nasty enough. It, it's crazy because it's one of the first hero or bad guys that I remember liking, you know, that I didn't mind wearing on a T-shirt or whatever. Because, you know, as bad as he is, oh, he's he's a cool bad guy because nothing yeah, nothing shakes him. Badass man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's all know, Terrence Stamp, every bit of it, man. I mean. You know, I thought Man of Steel was pretty good, but the Zod knit, I was just like, eh, it's lacking that pizzazz. <laughs> yeah, um, Michael Shannon. Which, I mean, it wasn't bad. And and they give him more of the background of being a military guy. So I get that. But I don't know, man. There's something about Terrence Stamp that's kind of irreplaceable. Yeah, he's um, he's just got pizzazz. You know, he's got some class. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, got, I agree. And General Zod, like all his lines are great. You got anything else? Well, I've got the the the, the obligatory uh, in the fight in New York. There's the my baby moment. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like all this is going on. There's a lady with a baby in a stroller. Yeah, it's like why why is this lady not inside? And right. just why? It, huh? There's a fight going on. This this fight's been going on for the last five minutes. It's raged <laughs> high and low, hither and yon. I mean, there have been explosions, everybody's screaming. Why are you rolling your baby out there? But I, I bet this was probably a Donner thing, too, because, you know, it wasn't like a baby and then somebody got hit in the face with a cream pie. <laughs> I don't know, because, you know, you got that that piece of antenna tower that's falling from the roof, right? Yeah. And it's falling right at her, and she's got time to stand and go, my baby, oh, no, my baby. Somebody, I'm just like, just roll back. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then her response is to try and like shield the baby with her body. <laughs> yeah. Like just like you said, just roll the carriage back. Yeah. All you gotta do is take about five steps back and you clear. <laughs> but then like a block away from that, you got a dude walking out of an ice cream place and the ice cream cone flies away, you know, like <laughs> it's the dude in the telephone booth. <laughs> and I'm not laughing because I think it's funny. Ooh. I'm laughing because it's so stupid. <laughs> Well, and again, it's it's whew, trying to give you that lightheartedness in, in, in a dire situation. So, I mean, I get it. I do. But I just think, I don't know. I, I think these are the things in, in, in long term are the things that kind of hurt it a little bit. But I know well, what yeah. they're trying to do. I mean, they're trying to keep it entertaining. And, you know, even though these people are, are in danger, yeah, I, I, here's the truth. I'd rather see it like this and kind of lighthearted than really what they did in Man of Steel where he's just – you know, killing everybody in the city with his laser eyes and stuff. I mean, it's just like a little too dark, you know? I, well, and I think there's a happy medium and right. that's what you got with the first movie where exactly. it wasn't just like a silly, like, well, it's a comic book movie. So we're going to add Archie type stuff. No, right. I mean, it's right. the first one was a comic book movie and you had him as a big boy scout, you know, yep. he was truth justice in the American way. And it wasn't, you know, super dark. He wasn't Jesus. Right. Which is what, you know, Snyder was trying to turn him into. Exactly. But, yeah. But it also wasn't, you know, like just a, a, a pit stop between your, your three stooges routines. Right. Um, 
because because everything in that that super breath in new york where they start that hurricane I, i've got to like you know first there's the thirsty girl who's up there with lois lane going oh they just beat up superman and she's all like you know bothered by oh no he's stronger than superman they're just they're as strong got... as superman is and she's like shut up ho but then you've got the dude proposing you've got the ice cream cone you've got a That's... dude on roller skates yeah. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. And again, I just I have to think Lester on some of this stuff, right? Because yeah. when you think about part three and the way that movie opens up, all this stuff we're talking about falls in that category. Yes. So and I may be wrong. Maybe some of that stuff Donner did. I, I just I don't think so. No, I, but I don't think you're wrong. Regardless, I still love Superman too. I do. Uh, I, I do too. I, it's a great movie, you know, but it's it's definitely got its problems. And, and you know, like I said, it, it it doesn't hurt it if you watch it alone, but if you watch it back to back with the first one, you kind of go, "Wow, this is quite a bit cheaper." So well, it worked. It worked in the theater days, right? Because you didn't have that repeatability like you do now. So, you know, I think that's why why it worked so well, and it still holds up. There's still some great stuff, you know. You have the benefit of the Richard Donner sequences too, which yes, you know it can't be denied that the make the 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 budget for the first movie was fifty two million, which is higher than any of the other budgets. Right, and and it's because he had already pre filmed a lot of this stuff, so it benefited from having a higher budget and yep. you know quality talent. And with that being said, did you ever watch the Donner cut of Part Two? I I did not. I have okay. not. We need we we need you need to watch that and let me know what you think. I mean, I've got my own opinions on it. I, I will say that I still like this original version better, but there's some things in that other version that look really good. So yeah, you need to you need to check out the Donner cut of the second one. Yeah, yeah, I I definitely will. I just um I just never have. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just did, have a, a few more things about this one. Yeah. And, you know, one I've got. I, I noticed and I think I've seen it before that that Ursa and, and badges, her affiliation for taking people's badges and patches and sticking them on her shirt. Right. I love that. Yeah. Because it gives her just like a weird personality where she's like, like, I don't really care about stuff. I'm following his orders and nobody can touch me, but I want to take your stuff. Well, it's the it's the notches on the the butt of your gun, right? Yeah, it's it's that. Uh, yeah, who knows? She she likes bright shiny things too. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. this this is supposedly of some kind of importance. I want I, it. I just I think it makes her a great villainess. It's just another yeah. little element to her personality. Um, I wanted to bring up the big cellophane s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, never before or since have I ever seen anything as weird or as cool as the big cellophane ass man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the movie where we reveal all these other powers that we didn't see Superman use before, you know, uh, and the bad guys. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, flipping it off and slinging it across there. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, guys attacking him. He just takes it off his chest, throws it. It becomes a big, weird net that cocoons non up. It's just... Okay, I mean, I don't understand it, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, and, which and also last... plays, which also plays into part three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In a, in um, a weird way, in a different kind of way, but there's something about 
the cellophane wrap thing that I think Lester likes. I don't know. <laughs> I think I've got a, a lot, a lot of things about three to talk about, but, but the last Absolutely. thing I've got on, you know, uh, well, I've got never trust Lex Luthor, but and we all knew that. Um, I also have, a the memory kiss, right? Yeah. So like, you know, it's not a reason to watch it, but you got to point out how weird it is. Yeah. Gets used again once it's like, just kiss Lois Lane and she forgets all the stuff that you told her. Like, wh- right. why? It, I, it's, it's as weird as a cellophane ass, but somehow way less believable. Yeah, I mean, what gives you the power to do that? <laughs> you know? It's like he's with the men in black or something now. And Right. Yeah. Yeah, I never really got that either. Because I'm thinking, if he had that power, he'd be like banging chicks all the time and just saying, ah, oh, you're going to forget about this. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, it would be a weird power to use, like, in combat. Yeah. But, but you know, like, you know, maybe if you just had to, like, oh, Zod, you're going to forget all about your general Zod tactics. Mwah! You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's what I'm going to like, how did he even find out that he had this power? I mean, who did he test this on? Yeah. I mean, would they know? Right. They wouldn't even know. Right. So, anywho. Yikes. <laughs> All right, you'll give this a rating? Ooh. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this uh, movie four out of five, Neil before Zods. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to give this uh, 572 Superman. Superman? Superman. I love that. I do, too. Because he's like, huh? <laughs> he falls for it. Yeah, he does. Every time. All right, folks, we'll be. Oh, all right, folks, we'll be right back. Good afternoon. I'm Jeter Pinkins, and this is High Witness News. Tonight, we go live to our man in the little town that is torn apart by chaos. Jeter, today I am standing in what used to be a peaceful little Texas town full of cheer and down-home goodness, but today it has been torn to shambles. Here with me is the eyewitness and local citizen, Clyde McGillicott. Clyde, I have heard that you've seen the whole thing right from the beginning. Yes, sir, I was standing outside of Willie's house of hot dogs. I was putting peanuts in my sun kissed. And out of nowhere, these three people showed up in the street. I thought they might have been one of them there disco bands, by the way they dressed. I thought they might have a show tonight down at the Crystal Pistol Saloon. But no, they's up to no good. Mm, I see. And then the female of that group uh, went in there and broke Luke's arm. And when they's an arm wrestling and, and uh, she even dang near ripped the dang thing off. And then, then things got crazy. Oh, no. Yeah, they's a blowing down buildings with their mouth and set things on fire. Then they lifted Duke up in the air about 40 feet just by pointing at him. And he's up there screaming, help me, help me. But there ain't nothing they can do because, you know, I couldn't do nothing because of my bad leg. Uh-huh. Anyways, they dropped old Luke like a sack of potatoes. And I said, look out, Duke. But it's too late. He done landed on top of Floyd's 231 Massey Ferguson. What, what's that? You know, boy. Massey. Big old tractor. Oh, right. Anywho, I guess things got bad enough they called down the army. But that disco band was blocking the bullets and catching missiles and 
blowing up the old helicopter. It was a mess. So how did it all come to an end? Well, I heard one of them say that they was going down to the White House, and they just lifted in the air like gas fumes and floated off. I know them disco bands are in the drugs and all, but they must have been on like some PCP or some angel dust or something. They was as peculiar as whiskers on a sausage. I see what you mean. Hey, I want to give a shout out to, uh, to Dolores. Hey, Dolores, I'm coming over tonight. Make sure you get that pot roast ready to go. I'll bring the duck butter. Anyways, that, that's all we got here. Back to you, Jeter. When we come back, we'll have the story of a recent prison break of one of the most notorious criminals of our time. Back in a few. Meanwhile, at the Fortress of Solitude, a powerless Clark Kent returns in order to regain his powers to stop the evil General Zod. My son, we have tried to anticipate all of your needs, including this one. I need my powers back. There is a way. We must restore your powers from the original beta file, but it may include some other powers we edited out before release. What kind of powers, Father? Heat vision. Well, I had. That levitates objects. Huh? Yeah, so if, for example, a cop holds a sawed-off double-barreled shotgun at you and you use your heat vision in order to make him drop it, it'll just float in the air and then kind of move towards you. That was... oddly specific. You can also levitate people by pointing at them. Oh, well that sounds... Though it will make any nearby 12-year-old country boy sound like a 32-year-old British woman. Again, that's very specific. You can also teleport, and when you do, it'll make a hologram of you, or maybe a statue that looks exactly like you, made out of ice. What? And you can throw a giant cellophane S at somebody attacking you. Now that's just weird. It's very effective. For about eight seconds, then it disappears forever. Anything else? Oh, just a few little things, like, uh... You can rebuild the Great Wall of China just by looking at it. You can allow others to breathe in space as long as you're near them. And you can make a clone of yourself that you can fight to the death. Though, uh, you would probably have to have access to tar-based kryptonite for that to happen. I am very confused at the moment. Oh, and you can also make people lose their short-term memory just by kissing them. That sounds... Kind of rapey. So you do not want to get these powers back? I didn't say no. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk about now Superman 3. If two wasn't enough for you, you need some more Richard Lester direction for you. And uh, as you heard us talking about in part two, uh, you know what this movie needs? More comedy. More comedy. So, so what do we do? Uh, let's get Richard Pryor to play, I don't know, 70% of this movie, <laughs> and we'll build a Superman Superman story around it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's really like the first half of the movie is is a, a, is a Richard Pryor movie, and then like the second half of the movie is a Superman movie. And like, you know, they both kind of intermingle, but it really just plays out that way, because they, they use a lot. I mean, why wouldn't you use a lot of Richard Pryor? But I, it it kind of hurts the Superman part. Yeah. But overall, I mean, when you think about the cast of this, they were doing pretty decent. I mean, you got Robert Vaughn, right? Added Robert into the Vaughn. mix. So yeah. you, you get rid of, you know, no Lex Luthor in this one. 
which is kind of understandable. You can't have every movie where you're still fighting kind of the same bad guy. So you make a new guy that's, I don't know, kind of like Lex Luthor. <laughs> yeah, and and apparently, like, initially the, the plan for the arc was going to be Brainiac and Mexoplex. Right. But <laughs> I don't even know what they would have done with that. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad they didn't because – Brainiac by himself, fine, but add Mixoplex in. I'm like, why? Why would you? So, I don't know. Yeah, I think if they'd had Mixoplex, there'd been a whole lot more, you know, ice cream cone getting blown out of people's hands, kind of stuff. I mean, right. we don't need, we don't need more of that. And that may have been the whole idea of using it, right? So we can explore that whole thing. But uh, we got Annette O'Toole in this. Uh, yeah, Pamela Pamela Stevenson in this. Pamela I mean, Stevenson, man, I. I I had to look her up because she looked familiar. I don't think I'm familiar with her except from this. Oh, yeah. And apparently, she did a stint at Saturday Night Live. She did a ton of stuff. She'd been in a bunch of stuff, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and of course, I, I kind of love her in this because she's playing the dumb blonde, but she's not really dumb, right? Every once in a while, she'll break out a character and push a button. And come, oh, you mean do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's like, she knows where her paycheck's coming from, and exactly. she knows why it's coming there. And right. I, I do, I do love that. Yeah. Uh, like I said, a nitto tool in this, you know, playing Lana Lang. So when the story rotates back to Superman going back home to Smallville for a class reunion, and while he's gone, that's when we get all the Richard Pryor stuff. So that's yeah. kind of how this movie rolls. <laughs> so, so, so Rick, yeah. what is your first reason to watch Superman 3? Man, the thing that still haunts me in my nightmares when Vera gets pulled into the computer and gets digitized. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that computer's uh, proclivity for like pulling people in and absorbing them is yeah. definitely the stuff of nightmares just in general. The way it kills people if it can't use its its multitude of, of exterior weapons is just to suck them in and turn them into like scary part, wire creatures. You're a part man. of it now. Yeah, man. I mean – you know her whole thing when when it gets up pulls her in there and it's it's kind of stop motion it kind of looks like the sledgehammer video yeah <laughs> you know you know, yeah. so you see all these circuits and stuff getting slapped on her face and wires running across and going in her mouth and then all of a sudden she's all silver and then her eyes open up and they're silver and she comes walking out of that thing man that's as scary as anything in any horror movie man <laughs> i i agree it's a uh... It's it's definitely the one of the things that stuck with me from this movie. The other one being the the showdown with with the other Superman. Oh yeah, and yeah. I'll yeah. go ahead and throw that out there as as you know we're just going top reasons. Right. Man, that showdown when when the tar gets in the the kryptonite. Right. And he gets he turns bad, and then it, and then at some point it's just like you can see it. It's like he's got to fight it off, and it's inside of him. So he like. Clark Kent comes out of Superman and he gets into this fight in the scrapyard. Yeah. And man, it's so good. It is. It's, it's, it's the highlight of the movie. Really? It, uh, it has no right being that good in the middle of this movie. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And again, when you're looking at this, you're like, cause this is, you know, we're still just starting to break some boundaries on green screening and everything used in movies like this. And, this is done really well. <laughs> I mean, obviously there's some doubles used in certain yeah. scenes, but for the most part, it's all Christopher Reeve, and it's it's impressive. 
and you know it gives him a chance to to kind of exercise some acting chops too sure. you know he's not just being the you know the red white and blue boy scout he's he's also struggling and from the moment he lands in the middle of that junkyard and just kind of gives that primal scream yeah to to the end where he he busts out of that machine and and chokes <laughs> himself to death yeah that that is a ride man and i yeah. love it it's great man obviously like i said that's that's really the highlight of this whole movie man that's that's really what you're getting down to and you know cuz you get the the throwback to the i don't know if you know this movie or not but there's a movie that my stepfather loved called Shane the old western movie right yeah and, and when it's the that, kids yelling after him exactly it's yeah. the same thing here right oh superman's just having a bad day it'll be all right superman you're just not yourself you're just sick you know yeah you someone has to believe thing. in him right 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 and that's what prompts the whole you know fighting himself you know the battle within well and and you know, actually, Lois was in and out of the room on on this one, and I, and I just had to ch- tell somebody, and so now I'll tell you that the the reason that hurts, the reason that works, is because it's really easy for him to feel sorry for himself and be selfish when everybody around him is going, "What's wrong with you? Why have right. you started doing this? You were right. supposed to be better than this. Why aren't you helping people?" Like he he can just be selfish and say, "You know, all you ever do is want for me," and it, it it's somebody saying. You're better than this, and I believe in you. You know, right? That that makes him think it's not just everybody who wants something from me; it's everybody who I want to serve. I guess. I mean, sure. But it's a different kind of interaction with somebody. Isn't it amazing talking through this part of the movie and how deep it really is? And then you get my. Th- second favorite scene or second reason to watch it <laughs> which is the same it's still tying into the same thing but him blowing out the olympic torch <laughs> i mean just the fact that they build up the whole ceremony and this 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 torch has been carried for 700 miles and this is the last to do you know they're building the whole thing up and he goes Whew, and he just flies off <laughs> yeah and in a way, that's kind of the slapstick done right. You know, like instead of yeah. it just being intercept, interspersed in the middle of some ridiculous, you know, fight, you know, for, for life, you know, and, and then there's some guy with an ice cream cone or somebody on roller skates. It's actually something that's kind of funny, but it's also kind of kind of dark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's cynical. Right. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it. And again, the subject matter of him fighting himself is really a deep subject, right? Because obviously something's wrong. And, you know, there's obviously problems with him trying to be a superhero all the time and can't just be a person and live his life, right? He's always got this hanging over him. And for that become but become an issue, then you get this bizarro kind of thing that happens where he's fighting himself. And then to lighten it up, let's go have him straighten up the Tower of Pisa, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the 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 pranks that he pulls as Superman, the thumping the peanuts and in the bar. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> well, and he he uh, he sees Lorelai working for the bad guy, and she uh, she's like, hey. So yeah, maybe this is what what flies in the face of that whole. If he wanted to have a physical relationship with Lois Lane, he had to lose his powers. Uh, she looked okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure enough. She was still good enough to do planks in that one scene, so I guess she was all right. 
Oh. <laughs> what you got? Um, there's a little one-liners like, you know, a photographer sleeps with his camera. It's like, well, I'm glad I'm a writer. Um, <laughs> yeah, again, okay. com- comedy aspect of, of most of it. Here's my next reason. Like, I, I've got a lot of notes. My next reason is the costume changes. Oh, yeah. There are so many great costume changes. There's the photo booth. Yeah. And then there's the the, the car back Top, seat where he goes in one side and, he, and jumps out the other. Yeah. And there's somebody in the front seat. You know, that's that's yeah. kind of where they <laughs> add the, the huh? huh? You know. Right. And then there's the fence. You know, like when he saves Ricky from the uh, from yep. the thresher. Yeah, he he goes past the fence, and everywhere there's a there's a there's a slot in the rickets. You see him changing. It's almost like a stop motion thing from his regular clothes to his his costume. They're just really creative, and they're really neat. Yep, absolutely. Uh, my next one says it just says Robert Vaughn, just because you know it's Robert <laughs> Vaughn. Uh, yeah, I have an I, exclamation point there. Yeah, well, sure. Yeah, I mean he he's. He's Robert Vaughn. No matter what you see him in, he's Robert Vaughn. And that's what I like about him. And he's perfect for this role because he's believable that I'm just going to take over everything and I'm going to manipulate the system as much as possible to make it happen. And uh, just I love him. But I'll skip that one and go to (laughs) big cowboy hat and suit. (laughs) (laughs) That Richard Pryor, when he first lands in that podunk town, oh, he's going to is it Smallville that he's in? I guess so. It because, is because uh, because Clark is there getting groceries yeah. with Lana. Yeah, he's he's in Smallville because that's where the main computer is that he can get in control of the satellites, which makes no sense whatsoever. But anyways, uh, but yeah, he puts on that big cowboy hat and that suit, and the uh, the guy that's the what's his name Brad or whatever. Brad. That's the, yeah. Yeah. The drunk uh, security guard. And he gets him in there and gets him drunks and get on the computer, which is all fun. Every bit of that is fun. Yeah. You know. But it is what it is, right? <laughs> and I got nothing against Richard Pryor. Again, it was just it, it, the Richard Pryor movie is separate from the Superman movie. And yeah. when they come together, it's kind of a weird melding. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I really like all the Richard Pryor stuff. He doesn't phone in any of it. It's it's hilarious. He's got the timing. He's got the personality. Um I've got some notes I don't understand. Yeah, I've got, got one too. I'm looking at him going, I don't know what I meant by this. <laughs> I've got the street mayhem. And then after I've got, he's not just blind, he's stupid. Oh, oh, yeah. We're talking, I'm talking about that penguin, the wind up penguin oh, section at the beginning. Yeah, the whole beginning. Oh, man. That's so bad. Well, and it's. <sighs> when I was a kid, I probably found it pretty entertaining, right? Yeah, but yeah. now I watch it. And I'm just like, ah. and you know what? When I read that when they were making Wonder Woman 1984, the director said she wanted to like tip the hat to Superman three, <laughs> and I was just like, well, you did it. <laughs> Edgar Wright said that that he he had a lot to owe to Superman three. Wow. I I don't I mean I don't get it, but it. Rewatching it, I do enjoy it. I think uh, altogether, yeah. from beginning to end, like if you look at all the the, the whole story put together, it, it actually is pretty a, a pretty fun experience. I can't tell you how many times I've actually watched the dang thing. It was on HBO all the time. All the time, yeah. yeah. And, and 
I remember that beginning because it was, you know, yep. it was like, oh, I know what this is. Mm-hmm. And I guess you're right in the shopping mall at the beginning in 1984. There is something like this, some yeah, kind of yeah. comedy of errors with roller skates. and Exactly. Where everything yeah. with the chain reaction of everything. Right. So it all started with uh, the girl, you know, walking by in the, in the dress and getting people to forget what they were doing and cause all the chaos. Right. Right. So, you know, that chain reaction thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's not a real reason to watch the movie, <laughs> but it's there. I guess, uh, my last one I got, I wrote down Richard Patton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his, his, uh, his Patton. Yeah. When he gives the, uh, the kryptonite to, to Superman that's been, uh, mishandled, I guess you'd say. It's, it's got foreign uh materials in it that they didn't know how to correct so they added tar to it right to fill the thing because he's just right. reading his pack of cigarettes and maybe that part of it's what made superman go bad so i don't know yeah but i mean yeah. yeah but his his patent uh speech is is wonderfully rambling yeah, it gets to no point. Chemicals make plastic seats that you sit your fat butt in, <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, "And a chemical factory would have gone off if not for Superman." It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna make some connections here, right? Um, yeah, it's 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 just ridiculous, but it's it's entertaining. <laughs> so I, I told Lois I'd I'd, I'd mention this. Uh, we were we were watching the uh, this movie and. And I said, well, you know, Lois Lane isn't really in this one. She she takes an early hiatus. And, of course, her name is Lois, so she's never really liked Lois Lane. Right. Which, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I get it. Um, and I said, but, you know, he goes back home and he and he reconnects with an old sweetheart, Lana Lang. And she's like, you're kidding. <laughs> I said, and my quote was, I wish I was making that up, but I'm not that uninspired. <laughs> and she said, that's funny. You should say that. So yeah, there we are. I mean, like. I'm not trying to insult the the old the old world comic book writers. The thing is, that's the audience. Some some you know um, <laughs> some alliteration. You know, first name, last name, first letter thing. You know, right? Yep. Also the same as his other girlfriend. You know, like it, it was. It's kind of a comic book type thing. Sure. Well, look at the name of all the heroes in the Marvel stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's the same deal. I mean, you had to. I don't know. It's just one of those things they did, you know. And it could be a time frame type thing, you know. That's just kind of what worked at the time, you know. Who wants to be, you know, a guy named, you know, George Bright, you know? I, I guess if it sounds to too it. regular, right? Then then it isn't comic book. Yeah, it has um, to be something memorable, you know. I, yeah, even, I've got Richard Pryor and the Colonel Sanders sounds. The same thing, you know? Yeah. Makes it memorable, too. And I have to wonder, like, so I, I got Richard Pryor in the Colonel Sanders suit here. Um, what's the deal with Kentucky Fried Chicken? Kentucky <laughs> Fried Chicken keeps showing up. Yeah. And, like, they go by. Like he's he's going to get to the Vulcan satellite, like you talked about. And he walks right past a door. And on the back of the door, there's a big red Kentucky Fried Chicken bag. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but, it's but, just. But sponsors, later, man. <laughs> later, he mentions to um, to uh, Ross Webster. He, he he mentions to his boss, Ross Ross Webster. He says, "You know how in the in the 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 fried chicken, there's the one secret ingredient, the chicken that comes in the bucket." 
yeah, I added tar, right? Like <laughs> he, he doesn't say Kentucky fried chicken in the one monologue where right. Kentucky fried chicken could be mentioned by name. Right. Yeah, and maybe one of those things they're not allowed to actually say it, but you know, they can throw the sponsorship everywhere in, in the scenes. So I don't know. And the other product placement was, you know, when he's when he's tapping into the satellite. L- let's talk for a second about what the 80s thought the computers could do. He's <laughs> 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 like, I want all the the, co- the coffee in Colombia to stop growing. Uh, so you're going to tap into a, in the computer system and get a satellite in space to shoot it with some kind of ray beam and, and cause a hurricane to destroy all the coffee in Colombia. Like Colombia has one one coffee field, right. first of all. <laughs> Secondly, like a like a. Uh, satellite can can yeah. create a hurricane like but but i guess you know him being a computer genius meant he could get anything anywhere to do anything <laughs> I, that whole thing but but during all that an american express machine and i said american <laughs> express paid for product placement on a malfunctioning cash machine there you go yep like what's important is just to get the name out there, guys. You just got to see American Express right there in lights. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so much silliness in this. I mean, uh, but, you know, building the supercomputer, the things that happen there, you know, we said it earlier when when the machine shoots Superman, it puts him in a plastic bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It so it's weird. like it's got veins going. It's, it's like a it's like a transparent cantaloupe. yeah yeah that's a pretty good and you know he's he's fighting to get out of it and he's let's see how long he deals with that air i'm like yeah sweetie did you not see him go into space before like (laughs) you don't have to worry about some air he can hold his breath for a long time (laughs) yeah Um, so i mean you know obviously this movie's got its problems it's 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 cheap uh but it's got some pretty good stuff in it man uh Saving, saving Jimmy Olsen from the, the burning chemical plant. Chemical, yeah. The whole yeah. chemical factory thing is pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good, except for that we have to explain, well, if this stuff gets a certain temperature, look out. <laughs> you know? Well, and then it's like, what are you going to do about it, man? Like, I'll just keep the fire out by regulating the temperature in this room. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I guess like, it was a, it was a it was foreshadowing. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You have to have it for the, the end play, right? right? But Becky was like, why is he going all the way to the lake and freezing the lake? She said, why can't he just blow the freezing air on the building? <laughs> I was like, yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. He could have just blew it all out. If he's so smart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so like, I, I just want to, I just want to point this out. So, like, they liked Richard Pryor so much that instead of having a Superman scene in Superman where he saves the the coffee crops, they had Richard Pryor doing a routine about Superman saving the crops in a Superman scene. <laughs> he comes swooping down. And he, he puts on the tablecloth and then he, like, puts on the skis. Then he skis off a skyscraper and he's okay. <laughs> He falls like 800 feet yeah. straight down. Oh, and skis. Then, uh, yeah. Skis like 10 feet and lands, and he's okay because, you know. Yep, that's what we do. That's I the mean, 80s. I'm going <laughs> to give it a try, I guess. Oh. You got anything else? 
Uh, um, I got Robert Vaughn saying, uh, I asked you to kill Superman, and you're telling me you can't even do that one simple thing. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I mean, definitely a reason to watch it. Lorelai is pretty hot. She's she's pretty awesome in this. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> How she got on top of this, the Statue of Liberty, though, I'll never know. I don't know, man. I mean, rich people, I guess, yeah, I you guess. know, like, yeah. like he's like, I'll, and I'll helicopter you to the top of the Statue of Liberty to meet Superman. I was like, oh, <laughs> sure. All right. I mean, I got Superman in costume drinking in a bar. <laughs> it's, it's laughable because he's like, like everybody, like no, nobody's like, who's that guy? Because I mean, he's just in costume. I like right. his oily costume, like how it's all kind of dingy well, when, he, you know, when he turns I, bad. I was going to say, when you look at the later renditions of what we've called Superman, the last few movies, their costumes look more like the dingy one, the darker one, than anything like the original. So that's kind of an interesting take, too, because, you know, we're showcasing this as him being bad with the almost brown, you know, the, the, the blood red, you know, cape and everything, the boots, versus how bright it is otherwise. And... It's funny because that's kind of where we stuck ever since. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's just they were. I'm with you. I don't understand the new direction of Superman. I, I don't yeah. think that it was ever intended. I get to be it that way. I know why they did it. I mean, it's because we got to that thing of trying to make things more realistic and dark because Batman did so well. You know, yeah. the, the latest rendition of that as well. They, but it just doesn't work for Superman. That's that was the problem. Is they tried to make him dark and depressed, and you know, it just it don't work, man. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I guess the whole thing is like the the enemy of Superman. You know, where where are you going to go with it? So you right. can't have him be too proactive. Yeah, or he would just solve all the problems. Exactly. Um. So. Yeah, I, I've got. I've got the the uh, ultimate computer with the Atari. Uh, yeah, man. Game <laughs> targeting. That's I don't know why I love that so much, but I do. <laughs> well, and apparently it was really good. It, it was a t- an attempt to tie it to video games, which game. were yeah. were becoming popular. Yeah. And that wasn't the video game. And it, they actually paid a studio one hundred twenty thousand dollars to put that sequence together. And they put together a ten minute sequence, and they used like twenty seconds of it. Wow. Like, but but that graphic level that they had was something they couldn't do in regular video games at that point. Sure, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You look at it now, and you go, "Ah, it's a video game." But it was kind of like the first CGI, except it it right. wasn't intended to be something you thought was ever going to be real. Yeah, but it's it's still so fun, man. I mean, because it's so it's so Atari. I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, the fact that you would have cameras set up and that's the way it would send a signal back to you looking like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and like how would that be good targeting either? I mean he's he's only on a flat like two D plane. <laughs> like <laughs> our and targeting then, works, but only if they're they fly in a straight line. And then you then you get that up big, and down. That big rocket that comes out at the end, it's like the shark from Jaws three. <laughs> <laughs> it hits him. <laughs> Uh, I mean, again, for for as weird and as wacky as this movie is, there's still a lot of good stuff to it, man. I agree. I mean, like, 
the 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 points that we talked about. I mean, there's a lot of little things in between, but there's some great conflicts in it. That fight in the middle is top notch. The 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 giant computer part at the end is worth watching. Uh, Richard Pryor chews up the scenery. It's just oh, I'm not man. sure what they wanted to do with him. Yeah, I think they're just letting him run, man. See what you kinda, can do with this. It's kind of like Eddie Murphy and the Golden Child, except yep. they did a better job of having Eddie Murphy be like. They they reeled him back in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, he was he was written into the story. He wasn't just like. And then we have Richard Pryor in this scene. Right. And I yeah. I had uh again I've been looking at this stuff and it looks like Richard Pryor had said he was really looking forward to Superman two on a on the Johnny Con- on the Johnny Carson show. Uh. And for that reason, they were like, we can probably get him for the next one. And he was hoping it would be a more serious role. Yeah. But they sure. wanted him to keep doing funny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it totally makes sense, you know. Yeah. But that's how those things work. It's how, you know, Clubber Lang, we got him in part three of Rocky because Sylvester Stallone was watching TV. There's my next <laughs> guy. <laughs> but beyond that, I, I really like superman 3 but i got nothing yeah. else yeah i mean it, it's 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 got those we hit the high points right and yeah. like i said it's it's got some parts in it kind of make you eh, but it's still entertaining it's still fun the smallville stuff you can kind of take or leave i mean you know class reunion thing and you run into some he re, you know it's all about that other relationship with the other girl how about the fact that he just goes to that plant a coal coal mining plant and just takes a big piece of coal and just crushes it to diamonds and says, Yep, that's big enough and takes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, and that's weird too. I guess he's just giving it to her for like, you know, because um, it's yeah. not like a proposal. It's just like, here's right. a diamond ring. I heard you lost your ring. It was Superman was sorry that you lost your ring. So he said this instead. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. You want to rate this one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to give it um, four star general being played by uh, Richard Pryor. <laughs> I'm going to give it uh, 500 Superman condoms that he's going to use when he's with uh, Pamela Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how it worked. <laughs> Maybe so. All right, folks, we'll be right back. For the finest transportation when you're visiting the Grand Canyon, choose Bill's Burrow Ranch. Coming from a family-owned business that has celebrated 72 years of supplying you with transportation greatness and reliability. Bill's Burrows are trained to lead you down the safest trails with ease and comfort that other businesses just can't deliver. Hi, I'm Bill. And if you need the most reliable way to make it to your cavern destination, don't be an ass. Right ours. Bill Burroughs, up beside Doug Shoe Store. All right, welcome back. And here we are with the the third installment, uh, which is actually the fourth installment of the series, but the third here because we already talked about the first one, and it kind of stands alone anyway. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to start this one off with a story. So I went to the theater to see this movie. Um. Long John Silver's had a had a coupon that if you came in with a ticket from this movie, you'd get a free meal. And so I used that to convince my father to take me to see this movie. Um, 
<laughs> and he got the ticket and it was apparently some chintzy like not a real meal kind of thing. He was really mad about it. And he was probably mad because of the movie too. But at the time, <laughs> I didn't realize quite how bad it was. Just that I had waited a while for a superhero movie and and I probably was thinking it was going to be akin to Superman 2, you know, with with an right. enemy. Sure. But I'm talking about the the canon extraordinary uh, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. <laughs> so so canon in all of its glory they have this ability to just throw money at things and say hey let's get gene hackman back in here let's get all the original cast back in here and let's make this movie and uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say all right here here's my <laughs> my number one reason for watching this movie already yeah it's a canon film <laughs> <laughs> That's your number one reason to watch this movie, because if you know anything about canon, you don't know what you're going to get. And it may be bad, but you're still going to be entertained somehow. <laughs> I, again, I, you know, I just I found myself with some time and I was looking at, at stuff about this. And I saw that uh, that canon had released 29 movies to the theater the year before, and they kind of <laughs> needed the money from a couple of blockbusters. And this was <laughs> one of the ones they were banking on because they had right. just bought the rights from the Salkinds at the Cannes Film Festival. Right, right. And, you know, they and actually getting away from the Salkinds, you know, who had fired Richard Donner, encouraged, uh, you know, Gene Hackman and Mario Ketter to come back because they had been big Donner fans and they were unhappy with the way he was treated. Right. And they and they gave a lot of creative uh, latitude to Christopher Reeve. They said, "Hey, if you come back, because he had already said he wasn't coming back." Uh, they they said, "If you come back, we will give you last uh, approval of the script." And then, like right before they started filming, they cut the budget of this movie in half. <laughs> <laughs> and we do uh, change directors too, man. Yep, Sidney J. Fury from Iron Eagle. From Iron Eagle. And the entity, <laughs> I mean, so there you go. You kind of know what you're getting, right? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were banking on this movie, and you said it earlier, over the top. These are the two movies that were going to pull them out of financial trouble, but actually it was the two movies that bankrupt them. <laughs> yeah. They, I, I mean, they were trying. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, and I think their their strategy had been, let's just keep making movies and, and eventually this will all something will stick pan right. out. They did so much work of creating the artwork and taking it to conventions and stuff or to film festivals to see if anybody would bite. And if anybody bit, then they would just go make a movie based off the artwork. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how they rolled. <laughs> like the Saskatoon twins, like uh, yeah, yep. making the title first and then saying, now we got to write this movie because right. somebody said they'd buy it. Right. Yeah. So, I, well, I gave my number one reason. It's a canon film. Yep. Yep. I, okay. I don't. I don't know that you can beat that. <laughs> my first reason is John Cryer showing up in that hoopty. Man. I mean, he's he's driving some kind of a big Oldsmobile Cadillac type thing with with horns all over it. Like, I mean, I'm not talking like they're not antlers. They're like, yeah, they're, they're like brass horns. All over it. I guess that's part of the stereo system. The speaker or I, speaker I, system, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and he, you know, it's just this big. And and he, you know, tricks the the prison guards who are keeping his uncle Lex 
in in bonds there um he tricks them into the the thing and then you know closes it up around them just drives it off a cliff yeah <laughs> i mean it's the security guards for you know lex being in prison so this is how you break them out. You just get rid of the two prison guards. <laughs> you know? well, and, and he's using his Walkman as a remote control for the car, too, like because he's like some kind of super spy and he's got like a remote control that, that's disguised as a Walkman. Like he really needed that when the guys just got in the car anyway. Like, <laughs> Well, and just about the whole idea of, hey, you know what, what kids really like now? Bill and Ted. We need a Bill and Ted kind of person in this movie. So that's what Ugh. we got. And, yeah, and well and, and apparently with John Cryer just come off pretty in pink where yeah. he was he was kind of a household name. Um yeah. but but here's the thing. You know what? I, I almost I almost really like this. It's it's worth seeing just so you can say, Man, I saw it. But like <laughs> I almost really liked this whole like put the guys in the car, drive them off. My 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 bar for for uh suspending disbelief is so low at this point anyway <laughs> but but the thing that killed it is that the two guys climb up at the end and they're all like covered in soot like oh we just climbed up from the bottom of the quarry out of the car that exploded yep. like if he had just been a villain and they had just died right like because it's like luther he's killed remember the beginning of the first movie he yeah. shoves a dude out in front of a train absolutely like like and and really that establishes him as uh, he didn't have to kill that guy. Yeah. He, he wanted to kill that guy. Right. So so having that be like, I just put these two numbnuts in this car and I drove them off a cliff, like that would establish him again as a dangerous villain. But instead, they have to show up in the next role. <laughs> well, hey, it's the age of the A-team where nobody gets killed, right? Right. And it's probably a PG movie because yeah. they needed the kids and they you know they had to make sure that there wasn't murder in it right oh uh, yeah man uh, that whole scene's <laughs> ridiculous but it's canon so it's just like so many other scenes from my childhood though like <laughs> it's it's so over the top without sylvester stallone <laughs> oh all right my next reason yeah not really a reason but william hootkins <laughs> Makes William another Hootkins. appearance. <laughs> I got him on my page too, right here. Of course. William Hootkins. It's and, funny how he ends up in all these movies that we love. <laughs> and yeah, he's always just kind of like a guy, like a stodgy dude in a suit, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> he's just he's just in everything, right? He's so just there. And here he's what? What is he? A lawyer? Or no, he's a he, he owns he's an a, arms dealer. Arms Actually, dealer. That's right. Yeah. He's one of the arms dealer that Lex meets up with when, you know, they're bound to lose a ton of money because Superman's going to get rid of all of the nuclears. Yeah. Nuclear weapons. Right. Right. Yeah. I even, I even put his name down here, too. Like he was Howard. Yeah. Harry Howler. <laughs> played by William Hootkin. Of course. <sighs> he's just one of those guys, man. I mean, he's in he's in everything that we love pretty much. He, it's too bad he's not in curl. That's the only thing he's not in. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to check to make sure we didn't just miss him. Yeah, he's probably in there. <laughs> All right, what you got? Um. Okay. All right. Well, so so 
again, we have uh, Superman having to do something super, so you've got to like invent some stuff. How about train drivers having heart attacks? Like, <laughs> like everybody's in the train. Oh, I missed the train, Clark. You bonehead. And then, um, and then you know, like not a second later, you, they just show the back of the guy. It's like. Did Lois Lane, like, you know, step on a four-leaf clover and kill a leprechaun or something? Like, why does she have this terrible luck? Like, I could believe it in two when she's in a terrorist scene, right? right? But this is like, I'm just going to work. (laughs) Oh, man. Everything that happens in the office, the whole bingo thing. Yeah, yeah, all that goofy uh, stuff. It's all just so pointless i mean but you have to have it because we got to get this couple that that go to wherever they were going with the they won the trip oh no that was in three was that in three yeah because they go to columbia oh, they, and they to get columbia. hit by the hurricane that's right so it's not it's not the bingo <laughs> thing sorry no 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 problem i i I was right with you because in this one there you have the uh, the sensational new newscast like the Inquirer guy oh, buying yeah. the Daily Planet. Yeah. Mario Hemingway. Mario Hemingway's dad, yeah. Or, right. Yeah. Oh, who's that dude? Uh, I don't know. I recognized him, but I didn't look him up. I should have. Oh man, uh, there's something I know that I remember him from. Let me look. He's pretty good as like a heartless media mogul guy. Oh man. Anyway, I'll continue on with this train thing. Oh, he was in he was up. in uh Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger. He was in <laughs> Raw Deal. He was in Pure Luck. What? <laughs> but there's something that I mean specifically I remember him being in the executioner from the seventies. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's the Sinbad movie that I remember seeing him in the most. Who was he in the Sinbad I think in the he Eye was, of the Tiger? I think he was the dad. <laughs> the- yeah, anyway, anyway, so so like this this subway and then so this is the one the kicker. He he stops the train. It doesn't it kind of looks like it stops on its own, honestly, but he stops the train. <laughs> and then he gets out and he says, "I just want the people of New York to know that the subway is still the <laughs> safest way to get to work." It's like <laughs> yeah, we're just who repeating decided- that it was, I mean that that's got to be a Christopher Reed thing, he, but it's repeating the lines. That they try to recapture a lot of things from from the first two movies, you know, and and tie it into this movie somehow, right? Because he make he gives that speech to Lois, right, when she's had the helicopter accident. He's like, you know, flying is still the safest way to travel, you know, right? So they're right. trying to give him that aspect of it, I think. But I was like, oh yeah, I kind of rolled my eyes too. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the whole thing's unnecessary, but I get it's almost like the movie maker apologizing, and that's not what they need to apologize for. <laughs> <laughs> no, what they need to apologize for is my next reason. Yes, which is I don't know if you noticed it or not, but in order to save money, they did one green screen shot of Superman flying that they use in every scene of him flying. Yeah, he's in, he's flying straight forward <laughs> with both fists. Yep, it's the same scene over same scene. and over and over and over. <laughs> well, yeah, they were cutting costs and 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 also they used a, a cheaper method of, of filming that green screen stuff because they had that machine right where they could pan the camera around him. 
so that they could they could create motion kind of like Star Wars did by by putting the camera down on the miniatures instead of moving the miniatures in front of the camera. Right. But it was not cheap to do and it took time. Yep. They didn't have either one of those. <laughs> Money they or didn't time. <laughs> Want to use either one, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's like I almost wanted to go back and count. It's like it's, to give you a, a, a ratio of how much it's used. You remember the song by John Cougar Mellencamp called Small Town? Yeah. Where he says small town like at the end of every line of <laughs> in every uh-huh. part of the song. I was born in a small town, going to die in a small town. Met my mom and drove in a car downtown in a small town. That's small town. Yeah. I want to say that his flying scene that they used over and over is used more than the word small town in that song. Probably is. <laughs> And it looked, I mean, I guess it doesn't look terrible, but it doesn't look it good. It don't look great. <laughs> and it, again, like I said, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of movies ago, it's the kind of thing you don't realize you're noticing, but right. your brain is, is, no, is notifying you that there's something that doesn't look right. Well, his color is wrong because, you know, they shot it for this one thing. Yeah. And the color doesn't match the other things that he's flying against. It's just like, yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of greenish looking, you know? Yeah. Anyways. How next. about, um, <laughs> how about Superman's hair? I'm just going to use that here. Here we go. Okay. So reason to watch, check out Superman's hair that is, <laughs> is currently holding a thousand pound weight, <laughs> but you know, you can just snip it off. Yeah, with a pair of scissors. <laughs> I think he uses bolt cutters, but but the Those second cut, cutters, yeah. the second cut that he does, he just uses like with he's holding the thing, and then cuts it like with it pushed against his chest. Like <laughs> it's not a struggle to cut this hair. <laughs> yeah, and he needs the hair, oh, of course. Man. To gotta you know, have to, it. Gotta to have to the DNA. The, yeah, there's apparently yeah. like in the in the long version of this because they cut like thirty five minutes off this movie. Um, I think, and what I heard one of the reasons was because Canon wanted to be able to show it more times a day, so they could reap more ticket sales. So they <laughs> they, they they chopped twenty minutes off worldwide, and then another fifteen minutes off to the American release. Wow! And there's a whole other plot line where where um, where Lex makes a first attempt at the nuclear man, and the guy looks like uh, looks like Rocky from Rocky Horror Picture Show, or like he's <laughs> He's got like he he looks like a rockabilly. He's got like black hair that's like slicked back. He looks like Frankenstein or something. And it's him and John Cryer and they're wearing like silver lab coats and like Yeah. It I don't think I want to see it. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> I don't want to not see it. Right. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. Uh, Superman's hair. All right. This, I think this is a legit reason to watch. Okay. When Nuclear Man kicks Superman right out of his cape. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he has to uh, make him sick first. Yeah, I, that whole first fight is all over the place. Yeah, yeah. The fight scenes are. Not, I mean, and you're again, we're building up. You're thinking, oh, this is gonna be cool because it's gonna be another guy that's kind of strong like he is. And now nah, we're just in a totally different ballpark in this one. Um. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, I lost it. <laughs> he kicks Superman out of his cape. He does, man. And <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just a fact of 
How do you kick him out of his cape? It's attached to his suit. It's not like it's tied around his neck. <laughs> no, it's not like he's Richard Pryor and he just tied a right. tablecloth around his neck. Yeah, it's true. It's 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 part of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <sighs> uh, I made the mistake too. I was watching it with Becky, and, and uh, she had never seen part three. Right. I was like, I was like, uh, well, you know, I said this nuclear man, he's gonna come in and. He's going to have a voice and everything just like Superman because he's got Superman's DNA. And then I was like, oh, right. no, I'm totally wrong. He's got Gene Hackman's voice, <laughs> which makes even less sense. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And like uh, apparently all of Ursa's lines from yeah. yep. the first one were overdubbed by the lady that plays Vera in part mm. three, uh, mm. Ross's sister. Yeah. Like, and that's weird. Yeah. Seems unnecessary. Yeah. Because you hear Sarah Douglas talk, and that's how she talks. Yeah, Sarah Douglas, you know, doesn't have a bad voice. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, there's a lot of overdubbing going on here. Yeah. And initially, they were going to try and do like they did in 3, and Nuclear Man was, you know, he's a clone of Superman. He was going to be Christopher Reeve, too. Right. Yeah. But I, I guess to save money... <laughs> they hired this guy named Mark Pillow. Yeah, of course. The guy that's really not done anything else. And like, you know, I don't know why they even worry about who's who's voicing the lines, because most of his lines are. Raw, raw. <laughs> I, th- I think I've got here that the, the, the closed captioning for nuclear man are raw, like R.A. and lots of R's and then roar and then grr. And like most of the time. Because he's some kind of a weird animal. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I don't know, man. This this movie, yeah. Uh, I got one more. Okay. One more reason. Yeah. Uh, the showdown on the moon is pretty cool. It's a, when when he pounces him into the pounds hole him there. into the ground. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but and again, we're doing this thing, right? We're taking elements of the first and second movie. You know, you got the whole moon scene from the from the second one. But here, let's have them fight on the moon. You know, they're they're trying to take those things you're familiar with that yeah. you've seen in the other movies and try to just give you those switcheroo. They're they're doing like the last set of Star Wars movies, right? They're pulling on the the nostalgia strings, but trying to amp it up, but not really amping it up. So. Well, and, you know, let's not forget how he gets onto the moon where, you know, Superman tricks him into an elevator and and shuts it and then then flies him to the moon. And then and then he's like, OK, well, done now. And just kind of like, you know, gets the dust off his hands and, and goes to go straighten the American flag like that's Yep. Can't do that, man. But, and, you know, if he would have just landed the, the elevator with the door down. Problem solved. Because that's where the light comes through, right? Where the door is just a little bit open. Or, or welded it shut with, with heat vision, you know? Right. Like he could have done that. There's but, several but no, options there. But no, he just kind of leaves him there to get revitalized and come back and pound him into the ground. He kind of deserved it. <laughs> that's funny because the pounding in the ground thing was like something out of a Godzilla movie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, I mean, it's not laying down on the ground and pounding him in. I mean, like, feet first, <laughs> driving the nail into the ground kind of thing. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, so, so let's say you're watching uh, The Quest for Peace, right? And and you 
and you, you've seen the <laughs> just nuclear man chance. sequences, you know, just <laughs> you've seen the nuclear man sequences. I'm not going to say there's a reason to watch it, but you might want to point out the the Clark and Superman date yeah, where he's he's dating. He's he's yeah. having an interview with Lois Lane while he's he's a uh, yeah, Lexi is her name. He's he's uh, having a yeah. date with her in the same place. Now, the thing about it is that, you know, usually this kind of setup adds to some hijinks and some stress, you know, but he really doesn't seem to have a problem. He just yeah. kind of runs out the room and then changes and then shows back up. Yeah. And they're having a lot of stress. Yeah. But he never really seems bothered by it. Well, he's Superman. Yes, yeah. I, I guess so. He knows I mean, at the end of the day he can just kiss them. They'll both forget all of it. So it's <laughs> a good point. He should just have the date and leave the other one and say, hey, I've got to date you later and then kiss them and then yeah, there make you them go. forget the whole thing happened. Which he kind of does that, right? Yeah. He does it with Lois. He does. Again. Again. Even though she says, I kind of remember. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> you kind of remember after I kissed you the first time, all the stuff that we did, like, you know, me losing my powers and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> uh, so, okay, here's something that I have in my notes, and I just want to point out. like, So, so in this whole long fight between Nuclear Man and, and Superman... When he scratches him on the neck, mm-hmm. and then Superman puts the Statue of Liberty in his, oh, he falls down because he's sick from the nuclear sickness. <laughs> like, then it's just over. Yeah. Like, yeah. was the fight just over? He, you know, dude's not going to follow up or anything. It's just like, it's over. Uh, that and the whole Statue of Liberty thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> That Statue of Liberty effects are so bad. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I, I I really don't have anything to add to this one. Uh, it, it's it's the last one for a reason. That's the reason we didn't have another one for a long time. So yeah. uh, there's there's obviously a reason, right? So <laughs> you got anything else? Well, I mean, the subplots, of course, you know, Lexi turns good and says, Dad, you're wrong to try and scare people with the newspaper. And yeah. Then they get the Daily Planet back at the end. And it's like, yay. But yay. I mean, the whole no. the setup to all of the conflicts in this are undercooked and boring. That's kind of why I was like, I, I can't come up with in good faith <laughs> reasons to tell people to watch this movie. Right. I honestly remembered it more fondly before I rewatched it. Cause even the stuff I liked was worse. <laughs> it just got downgraded from the memory bank, which is usually right opposite. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm willing to say that sometimes I have the rose colored glasses when sure. I'm looking through these things. But in, yeah. in this case, I think I remembered some things as being better than they were not yeah. the other way around. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, I, I did have as a reason, like, just check out Lex Luthor's digs, man. Like, not only does he does he have a mad scientist lab, and he's got John Cryer over here, like, just just as his his weirdo sidekick. He, he also kicks the 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 warmongers out, and he says, "I'm taking all the money." And he's got like a like a couple of malls that he walks in the room with. He's he's painting somebody at one point, or he's got some woman in resident uh, Renaissance clothing, like. And then he's like, honey, I have to go to to tell Nuclear Man to to F off because, you know, I'm, he he's decided he's in charge here. So I'll talk to you later. Like, 
Lex Luthor is kind of a joy in this one. Yeah. And, and but it's that thing too, right? He he didn't really have to do anything in this one, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing about it. I mean, it's the fact that they just got Gene Hackman back in the movie, and he said, "Yeah, I'll do it." And you know, that's about the extent of it. <laughs> right, right. Well, while Superman is making an eclipse by pushing the moon around, you know, he's just hanging out in a penthouse apartment, going, "What are this going to shake out?" It's fine either way, really. <laughs> oh. Uh, what do you say? Rating time? Yeah, yeah, it must be rating time. I give it four William Hookins. <laughs> you beat me too. <laughs> with four something this time, man. Man, I'm I might give it a two. <laughs> just a two. Just a two. <laughs> just not a two. two. Anything. Just a two. I mean, not a Superman two. <laughs> I'll give it a two. I think that's the first time it's ever happened on this show. <laughs> I, I think I did it with King of the Crystal Skull, except I gave oh, it a one. Um, <laughs> I, I think no, I, I'll give it. I'll give it two. Uh, golden elevators getting getting hurtled to the moon. <laughs> oh man! Give it fifteen. Destroy Superman. Oh man, he's so bad. And <laughs> did you notice that like first he's got like a like an outfit that like leaves his his skin like like open on the sides like right. But then at some point it gets changed and he's wearing like a gold bodysuit underneath it. Yeah. Which was an improvement, but it was like did <laughs> does they just change that for the next sequence with him in it? Like It's like he was trying to be like it's like a David Lee Roth outfit there for a while, you know. <laughs> <laughs> bozy bozy bop. <laughs> Yeah. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Movie Fight Night. And we have a real special event for you tonight because we are floating right above the surface of the moon for a showdown of the ages. I am your host, Doc Egan. And I am joined by my good friend and the maniacal master, Jimmy the Claw. How you doing, Jim? Oh, I'm doing great, Doc. I can't wait to see the lunar showdown between these two titans. Yes, Jim, it's going to be Earth, or should I say, moon shattering. And now we're going to go live down to the moon surface in his very own brand new Movie Fight Night spacesuit. It's our very own Louis de Bluey. Take it away, Lou. All right, listen up. Over here in this corner, wearing a blue spandex suit and red boots, weighing 275, Mr. I-Never-Tell-A-Lie, Superman! Superman! And over here in the opposite corner, wearing an orange and black David Lee Roth-looking outfit, chisel features, Looks like a background dancer for flippin' Tina Turner, weighing 280 pounds, and a messed up overdub voice, and long silver nails, Nuclear Man! Nuclear Man! All right, we're just waiting on the bell to ring, and there it is, and we're off, Jim! Oh, I can't wait for this one, Doc. I almost peed myself, I'm so excited. Well, folks, uh, for some reason, Superman's turning his back. Oh! Oh! Nuclear Man drives Superman to the ground, and now he's picking him up and slamming his face into a side of a crater. 
Oh, that's gotta hurt, Jim. Ah, uh, you know it's even worse because it's in slow motion. Superman seems a little dazed. He's being picked up. Nuclear Man slams him on the ground Look again. out, Superman. And Jim, look, he's picking up a huge... Wow. Moon boulder. Look at that strength. They're gonna crash it on top of Superman's head. Oh, look out, soups. Oh, and he moved just in the nick of time. Oh, and now Nuclear Man's scratching him with his fingernails, but Superman's fighting him off. Hand-to-hand -hand combat, Jim. These press-on nails that he's wearing sure have some kind of special power, Doc. Oh, Superman throws some kind of ninjutsu block, and then a knee to the face on Nuclear Man. Superman slings him across the face of the moon. How about that, Jim? Well, Nukes was trying to play dirty, but Superman caught up with him, and uh, he paid the price on that one. You're right. Nukes seems to be a little bit out of it, and Superman's just catching his breath for a second. He's approaching him now. Nuclear Man stands back up oh. and shoots some kind of lasers out of his fingers, Jim. Unbelievable. Oh, two times, three times. Whoa. And it's knocking Superman across the face of the moon. I can't believe this, folks. Wow. Oh, Soup's in big trouble, folks. Well, he's hiding at the moment. He's trying to get away from all these blasts coming from dude's fingernails. Oh, look, Nuclear Man's leaping like David Bowie in that music video. You're right, Jim. Oh, Nuclear Man picks up Superman and a backhand oh, smack to the face. What a shot. And now a front punch to the face. Oh, Superman goes to kick, and Nuclear Man picks him up by his leg and slings him across the moon. Whoa. He's still flying, folks. He hasn't come back yet. He's Whoa. stuck out there. Now Nuclear Man's just roaring like a maniac, making dinosaur sounds. He's doing his best Hulk Hogan there, Doc. Oh! Here Superman's he comes. coming back, Jim! Oh! It's a head-on collision, Doc. And it even hurt Superman's head, he hit him so hard. Yeah. Nuclear Man's getting up first. Look out, Soups. He's picking up Superman over his head, like a sack of potatoes. Look at that strength. And he drives him into the ground. He's doing oh. whack-a-mole on him, Jim. He's knocking him down into the surface of the moon. Unbelievable. So long, Superman. He's buried into the moon. You know, I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Thank goodness. And I'm guessing that Nuclear Man must not be too uh. bright because he just uh, left the planet and he's heading back to planet Earth. Hmm. I guess he thinks that he's done. Well, you can tell by looking at this guy. He's he's all looks and no brains. Uh, maybe he just don't have much upstairs. Yep. I'll tell you what, uh, I, I don't know what else to do here. We are, uh, we're floating above the moon surface in this ship, and, uh, there's nothing else to see here. It's, it's all heading back to Earth. Uh, the producers are gonna be upset about this one, Jim. They're not gonna be happy at all. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe they can pick up the feed when they're back on the Earth and, uh, can finish the fight there, but, uh, yeah, there's, uh, not much more. Your pay-per-view crowd's really gonna be upset. Well, at least it lasts a little longer than some of those Tyson fights back in the day. Yeah, uh, you got that right. That's a good point there, Doc. Well, Jim, I guess it's time for us to sign off and, uh, head back to Earth. What do you say? Yeah, it sounds good to me. If you will, though, give me a second. I need to, uh, make another crater here on the moon, if you know what I mean. That's a little too much information, Jim. Folks, that's it for us. We will see you next time on Movie Fight Nights. All right, welcome back, everybody. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this uh, extravaganza into the, uh, the, the second, third, and fourth installment of the Christopher Reeve Superman legacy. Um, yeah, 
as usual, our shows will be coming out whenever we are able to put them together. We enjoy doing this for you. We're glad that you're still listening. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff that Rick's putting out there, though. You know, you got to put that. Oh, you yeah. know, if, if you're if you're just Jones and to hear something, yeah. then then he's putting out content. I like, is it like five days a week? <laughs> so far, yeah, I'm doing a I'm doing a show every weekday. And, there you uh, go, Doctor Movie. Doctor uh, Movie. It's all the movies that will never make it to Helming. <laughs> yeah, that's probably legit. I mean, you know. <laughs> And a lot of them probably shouldn't even be talked about in the first place. So uh, that's the fun of it, though, right? So, yeah. But uh, for the most part, and again, if you're, you know, you're saying, why didn't y'all do the first Superman movie? Well, just go back, I don't know, uh, 30 episodes or so. Maybe not yeah. even that far, but we not did. Just, we, we, we had did Mark with us on that one, too. Uh-huh. We did. Yeah. So you can go check that one out and, then, you know. You, you've 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 ran the gamut here with the the Christopher Reeve uh, Superman saga, and um, yeah, we look forward to putting out more shows. Uh, we're we're kind of getting uh, our 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 mojo back and trying to get the show back to to getting it off of life support and trying to do something with it. So uh, stick around for that. Let you know if you uh, let us know if you have any ideas for something you'd like for her us to to talk about and we'll try to give that a shot so i know we've already talked about maybe some possible next uh movies to talk about and we'll see how that pans out but yeah Yeah, i think that they're excitable choices too i'm 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 excited to revisit those i mean i know them by heart already but it's it's gonna be fun to talk about them and we'll just see where it goes from there so that's pretty much all i got man all right. Well, you know, on behalf of me, Danny Bennett. Oh, and I'm Rick. Yeah. <laughs> then I guess we're signing off and we'll we'll talk to you next time. Adios. <laughs> Members of the audience will receive the following. Classic Curves by Dittos, The Pants for Feel Good Company. A gift certificate from Maruchan Ramen Noodles. Rice-a-roni. All guests receive a copy of the El Ming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. Helming is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Helming is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night. <laughs>